I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit is real. Turn with me in the book of Psalm, chapter number 40 this evening. The book of Psalm, chapter number 40. I just want to go through a few verses here. Really just a couple of verses that really God set on, my, set on fire in my soul. And really, truly, it's amazing to me when you get into the Word of God and begin to study and how... Verses that you've read over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden something leaps out at you and touches you and helps you, and then you just get on fire and want to share it with somebody else and be able to tell somebody else. And, and I'm, I'm not here to think that I've possibly ever come up with anything that no one has ever thought of. There's nothing new under the sun, that's what the Bible says. So I haven't brought up or thought up anything that's new or different, but I can simply just put what God has laid on my heart to you tonight. Uh, to be able to preach from the Word of God. I'm glad that I'm saved. Amen? I'm glad that I am safe. Praise the Lord. And I thank God that I am satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you look into the book of Psalm, chapter number 40, a lot of people will look at this as a, a David writing this. And of course it is. It is to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, as you see that heading there in your Bible. Or if that your Bible has those type of headings. And David was writing this. A lot of people will say that this is a time during a time which he was uh, on the run from Absalom, his very own son, and how he was in uh, trouble and having problems and difficulties. But the Lord was right there with him and by his side. And praise God, even when we're in trouble, even when we have problems and we are having issues in our life, and who can say, I don't have any issues? Not me. We all have issues in our life. And here we have David, as a lot of people will say. Then also it was a double meaning as well, that it can apply also to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ went through so many things and suffering so many things for each and every one of us. Upon the cross, a lot of people will say that he was uh, being made sin, that we might have no sin upon our life. He was taking on our sin. And I'm thankful that he did that. He was in that miry clay, he was in that horrible pit, and we can never... Never fathom the, the horrible pit or the horrible place that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God Almighty, had to actually go and endure that each and every one of us might be able to be saved. Thank God that I don't have to endure the wrath of God. Thank God that I don't have to endure what uh, Jesus Christ endured on the cross because He paid that sin debt for each and every one of us. A lot of people will say that this was a burnt offering type of sacrifice here in, in the book of Psalm that talks about how Jesus Christ had absolutely gave everything. And he didn't take any back, he didn't keep any back part from him for himself, but he gave all for each and every one of us. As we look through this, David though also knew what it meant to be eternally lost. He knew what it meant to be having uh, helplessness. And when and, I, and I'm a firm believer in this, Brother Earl, that we'll never be able to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ until we come to a complete knowledge knowing that we are helplessly, hopelessly lost. And when you come to the realization that you cannot save yourself, that you cannot do enough works, that you cannot do anything to be able to bring yourself up to a certain status... That's when you begin to do business with Jesus Christ. Because He is the one that we have, that we do that. And actually, I believe that a lot of times when we look through the Bible, and one of those Psalms that goes along with Psalm chapter number 40, look with me at this verse, and we'll look through these verses. I want to start in verse number 1, just go through a few verses here. 
The Bible says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. So many times we find that God's word here in the book of Psalms specifically talks about how the person here writing or the person that is saying this psalm or singing this psalm or praying this psalm. And I would encourage you, pray through these psalms. Praise God through these psalms. But thankful that he reassures us that he hears us. Hallelujah. The fact that he hears us. He knows that it's us crying out to him. Look at verse number two. And he brought me up out of an horrible pit. And out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear it. And shall trust in the Lord. To be honest with you, it's no... Uh, secret, no way that we would think and no surprise that someone would even write in the book of Psalm, chapter number 130, in the first couple of verses, it says, Out of the depths of, have I cried unto thee, O Lord? Lord, hear my voice and let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. There's every lost man, woman, boy, or girl are hopelessly lost. And when we see these verses, we find that we are hopelessly lost and there is no way for us to be able to get ourselves out of that horrible pit. There's no way that we can be able to do that. And the wall that is there in this pit, that it is too steep for us to be able to climb. And it is too slick for us to be able to try to climb. And it's too deep for us to be able to get ourselves out of. There's no way that any of us would ever be able to do that. But thank God that Jesus Christ made a way. Jesus Christ made that bridge across this horrible pit that made his way that he reached down and pulled us up out of that miry clay. He pulled us up out of that horrible pit and that, that way that he's given to us. And when we see these, we see these by way of introduction, I just see a few things that I see the state of the sinner that's in a horrible pit. The state of the sinner that is there that, that we are in that pit. And a pit is a place of separation. It's a place of uh, separation from God. That pit is a separation from Christ. It is from those saved loved ones. That pit is a place where every sinner that is not saved uh, will never be able to get out of that place unless Jesus Christ comes to them. Will they be able to give their life to Jesus Christ? That place of separation also is a place of darkness. Boy, that place of darkness that we look at and, and how we'll never be able to get out of it. But that darkness that just encompasses around, but then it's also a place of death. Well, it's a place where it's a place where there's no no light of Jesus Christ. The Son of God is not there. Nowhere is it. Jeremiah was cast into that miry pit, into that dungeon, and, and there was nothing there but death. There was nothing there for him to be able to hold on to, to be able to cling to. But thank God that Jesus Christ came along and brought us up out of that horrible pit. And then also there's a sinner Savior that we have that he said he brought me up. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that he brought you up out of that terrible place? Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ came along, the Savior came along and made himself real to you one day? When I was a six-year-old little boy, that's when it happened for me. Many of you could get married. We all got uh, saved at different ages and different times in our life. And we were going through different things in our life. But at some point, Jesus Christ came along and saved our souls. 
But that Savior that came along, He brought us uh, that sinful past and got rid of that sinful past up out of that different uh, life, this lifestyle that we had. And He brought us uh, that curse from the law. We don't have to worry about the curse of the law anymore, Brother Kyle. We don't have to worry about what's going on. The law said that every man was guilty before God and the sinners are. But thank God, because of Jesus Christ and His blood, we are not guilty of anything because Christ has paid it all for us. Then he brings us from the lowest from the lowest hell into a place of abundance. A place that Jesus Christ has brought. And then also it's the security of the, the sinner, the uh, security of the saints that I see also. What does he say that he set my feet upon a rock? Now when we set our feet upon a rock, a rock is a safe place. A rock is a place that's going to keep you steady and steadfast. A rock is a place that is a shielded place as well. Word of God talks about the shields of the rocks that God has given to us. And the rock is a secure place for each and every one of us to hunker down and to hold on to. Boy, if there's something that's going on, the winds are blowing and the rain is coming and the storms are coming across this way. What's the first thing that we need to find a place to anchor to? And I'm so thankful that I found my place to anchor to. It is the rock. It is the rock Jesus Christ that is the one that I am going to anchor to. But we look through this Bible study. I want you to look through with me. That I want you to see that we had to go all the way from peril to a place of praise. When we get to a place in our life where we realize that we are in peril and there's nothing that we can do about it within ourselves. But thank God that one day we're going to turn out and we're going to just start praising Him. To be completely honest with you, I think that some of us need to go ahead and I'll be honest with you, this, I do it a lot around here on Wednesday nights, especially I think we need to praise God a lot. I think we need to praise God and I think we need to practice praising God even when we are on this side. A lot of people will say, well, I don't know if we'll act like that and when we get to heaven. Boy, you see, you think I'm crazy right now. You ought to see me when I start walking on the street of gold. You see me, I hope you are there when I see my Savior face to face. When I get to bow down before my Savior and worship Him face to face. When I get to spend time with God, when I get to spend time with the Savior that that died for me, boy, we're going to have a good time. But I want you to look at it. Number one, I want you to see the peril that we had. Look at verse number two. We're going to look at these two verses in our little Bible study tonight. And then we'll continue on. He brought me up out of what? An horrible pit. Out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Boy, how wonderful, how great this is that we look at this place. But first, the first thing that I see is that we are in a place of peril. When you see that we're a place of peril, what is that place of peril? Well, it is that horrible pit. That pit is a place where we are sank, sank down into our sins and there's no way that we can get out. That horrible pit is a tumultuous place. It is a loud place. It is a place of, uh, many commentators will say that it's tumultuous waters. It's so loud that you can't hear yourself think. Have you ever been in a place where you couldn't hear yourself think? If you've had teenagers, bless God. If you've had toddlers, praise the Lord. If you've had two boys that was two and four years old named Daniel and Ethan, you have been in a tumultuous place. Hallelujah. Now, I'm joking. Well, I'm not joking. Heather will tell you different. Praise the Lord. She called me one day and she said, Shane, I can't do this. I said, what does it matter? What's wrong? She says, I'm trying to get groceries and and I've got... Daniel in the seat, and then I got Ethan in the carrier in the buggy, and there's nowhere to put groceries. 
It's a tumultuous place and both of them was crying. Ethan always cried whenever you put him in a car seat. He was always crying. It was always one of those times. Boy, we, we think about those times. You, you say, well, what is that? Well, I'm, 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 I'm making a, a joke about that. But I'm, I'm saying to you, there's times in our lives where we're in places where we can't hear ourselves think. And it seems like we can't hear God and we can't hear the voice of God. And we can't feel God is working in this horrible pit. But boy, this horrible pit was a place of sin before I got saved. And I'm thankful that he pulled me up out of that place and that horrible pit is that that cavern where there is no hope for anybody to have a rescue that there is certain destruction that will take place when you get into that horrible pit but I'm thanking God I thank Jesus Christ Almighty that he came along and he reached down further than I could reach up and he said hey I'm here to help you I'm here to pull you up out of this pit I'm here to help you to get you up out of this sin and if you will just stay with me and hold on to me glory to God I will set your feet upon a rock where it needs to be and he brought me up out of that place that peril is that pit that I was in but then also that peril is also what's in the bottom of that pit what is in the bottom of that pit that bottom of the pit is the predicament that I was in what is that that miry clay out of that miry clay and that's that that's that place where the longer you stay there the more you sink in hmm. Y'all ever get in a spot where you just, you thought you got settled and then all of a sudden you realize that you was deeper? You stuck a lot harder than you thought you were going to be. And you thought you were going to get out of this place on your own, but then all of a sudden you realize that I can't get out of this on my own. I'll be honest with you, I, I know that I have a lot of, I was with a good friend of mine and we were driving along and in his backyard and he was trying to get out of a place and trying to get there. And I said, I, I don't think you need to get to that spot. And he said, oh, it'll be fine. And then the next thing I know, we're going backwards in his truck down a big old pit. And when we got to the bottom, I stopped and I said, I'm still alive. Are you still alive? He said, yes. And then he said, I, I don't think we're getting out of this. I said, you think? said, I don't think we're getting out of this. We had to get somebody to come and a, a tow truck to be able to come and get that truck up out of that terrible place that he was in. And boy, he just, he thought, well, I can try. And he put it in reverse and he'd go further and he'd put it in drive and he'd put it in reverse and he'd put it in drive. And boy, I was just looking in and I was just thinking, boy, we're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this thing. And Brother Jose, I opened the door. When I opened the door, I had to push dirt away from the door to be able to get out of the truck. Boy, we got in that place. We got in that predicament where where there was no place there was no way that we could get out of it but thank God Jesus Christ came along and said you've got your place yourself in a spot that you're not going to be able to get yourself out of but I've made a way (laughs) hallelujah I've made a way for you I've made a way that you can get out of this and it's through the blood of Jesus Christ it is because of what the sacrifice that my son has made that that peril doesn't have to have power over you why because my son's blood is greater than anything that we're than any predicament that you're in. And I'm thankful that he pulled me out of that miry clay. But then also he gave me a promotion. What is that promotion? He brought me up, also out. Now being pulled up is a great thing. But being pulled out is even better. You say, well, what's the difference between up and out? Well, being pulled up is elevated. I'm no longer down in the pit. Praise the Lord. 
If you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're no longer down in the pit. You're no longer in the miry clay. You've been pulled up, you've been elevated to a position where God is helping you along and thankful that we have that elevated place that we're putting out, we're being pulled up. But then also, there's a place of, there's a way of escape. Now you remember, we recall when we said that that miry miry clay and that horrible pit is a place where there's no hope for us to be able to get out. There's no hope for us to pull ourselves up. But we don't think about the Lord Jesus Christ coming up and that way of escape is the blood of Jesus Christ. He brought us up. Not only did we get elevated up out of that place, but He brought us out and we were able to escape out of that place. Only by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not only do we have that promotion, but I want you to look at this. We got a new position. What is the position that we have? That position, look at this verse with me. And he brought me up also out of the miry clay, out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Boy, that position that I have is there's a new station that I've been placed in on the rock. I want you to do this in this little Bible study. I want you to turn with me to Psalm chapter number 18. The book of Psalms chapter number 18. It's a, one of my favorite Psalms. And when you look in the book of Psalms chapter number 18, you see some great things. And I'll be honest with you, I think of songs. Songs come to my mind when I begin to think about this Psalm. But I want you to look. I will love thee, verse number one. O Lord, my strength. But look at verse number two. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. I will call upon thee who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. So what is Jesus Christ and what is he? Teaching every one of us who is the Lord, who is Yahweh, who is the the Savior, Jehovah, God. He's our rock, the new station that we have. When you begin to look at those verses and those verses that remind us that Jesus Christ has come along every step of the way and He's set our feet in a sure position, set our feet in a great way, that we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is on our side and that He's set us in a great place to be able to do that, set us on a rock, but then also there's a stability. He established my goings. That simply means that He established my steps. How many of you are very sure-footed? I realized the other day, decorating for Christmas, that for some reason my center of gravity has changed. Now some of you are looking at, I know why, Brother Shane. And that's not very kind. But my center of gravity has changed, so now I'm not so sure-footed. Where I used to just jump up and run up the ladder and jump on the roof and run across that roof, that was no problem. I didn't have to worry about that. But now I am not so sure-footed on that roof. As a matter of fact, I'm a little more careful nowadays because it's not the, it's not the fall that I'm afraid of. It's the sudden stop at the bottom that I'm really afraid of. When you you think about these things, when you get a little older, you begin to realize that, boy, I'm not invincible. I'm not in this way, but I have some stability in knowing that he has established my goings. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, has set me in a place. As a matter of fact, when we look in Psalm 94, he's he's talking about how uh, in Psalm uh, 94, he says that when my foot slippeth, that you made sure that my feet were steadfast. And here we are, that stability. He's saying in, in verse number two that he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. 
my steps. I'm stable in my steps. Why? Because if I keep my steps led by the Master, by the Savior, if He's guiding me every step of the way, then thank God that I have a sure stability and and knowing that Jesus Christ is on my side and that Jesus Christ is is keeping myself. Psalm 94, verse number 18, it says it this way, When I said my foot slip at thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. The mercy of God that comes along and helps us and gives us a stability. And boy, establish my goings. Not only do we have the position, but I want you to look at the new possession that I get. Now, I got excited when I got to this part. Why did I get excited when I got to this part? Because look at the new possessions that I have. Verse number 3 in Psalm chapter number 40. Psalm chapter number 40, verse number 3. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. Now, I like new things. Everybody likes new things. Everybody likes the shiny new corner, coin or the nice shiny new little thing or whatever it is. And new things are really good to have, but God gave us something new when we got saved. God gave me something very new when he saved my soul. Well, the very first thing, he made me a new man. I wasn't what I was before, thank God. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 11 says, And such were some of you, but no longer. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not what I used to be, thank the Lord. But I'm not what I'm going to be either. And I'm looking forward to the day where I get that glorified body that we have. But that possession that I have, I not only become a new man, but I got a new name. Glory to God. You get excited about some new things. Get excited about the name that is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I got a new name written down in glory. Nobody can claim it but me. I have a new reservation at the wedding table of heaven. And nobody can take my spot. Nobody can take your spot. I have a new home. 200 Running Bear Trail, Fayetteville, Georgia is not my eternal home. My eternal home. Glory to God is heaven. I don't know where he has me. To be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, Brother Jim. I think probably God has me probably over in the back corner of heaven trying to keep me out of the way. I I just imagine that that's what I need to be. But I will be there. Hallelujah. I got a new home. I got a new name. I'm a new man. But then this psalm tells us that I've got a new song. Psalm 33, uh, Psalm chapter number 33, verse number 3 is, is an amazing verse. It says, sing unto him a new song. Then, then this is my favorite part because I'm a musician at heart. Play skillfully with a loud noise. Hey, I'm just quoting scripture. Play skillfully with a loud noise. That means that we can praise God. We can enjoy God. We can make it such a wonderful place in here to be able to enjoy the good times that we have. But then this new song that God gives to us can only be sung by those that have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. When you get to Revelation chapter number 5, they're singing a new song. You'll never be able to sing that new song unless you sing a new song here on this side. When you learn the words of a new song over here, page number 277, Brother Earl, redeemed, redeemed. I thank God that I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And each and every one of us ought to be excited about the fact that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and He has given us a new song in our life. And what is that song? It's a medley or melody. Aren't you glad that when people are happy, they just whistle? Right? There's a melody. You don't know what that song is. Michelle used to whistle all the time. It got on my nerves. I'll be honest with you. She still does. She has, she has vibrato in her whistle. <clears throat> but we, we go through and boy, but there's people that just, they, they whistle, they enjoy. You just start humming. Amber, Amber does the same thing. My little girl, boy, she's just happy all the time. And I'm praising God that she's happy. But she goes up and down the hallways and she's singing and she's singing and she's humming. And I'm thinking, my heavens, girl, don't you ever stop. And she says, no, daddy, I enjoy singing. But thank God that she has a melody in her heart. Thank God that we should have a melody, a new song in our hearts to be able to sing and to never get tired of singing this particular song that God has saved us from the wrath of God. And also we have a look at, keep on working with me in verse number three. Even what? What's the next one? Praise unto our God. Now here, let me tell you this, that the subject of your praise should only be one thing. Amen. We're not worried about who the preacher is. We're not worried about who the singers are. We're not worried about the deacons of the church. We're not worried about the choir. We're not worried about the musicians. We're not worried about the faithful people here. We are only praising one Praise unto our God. He is the one that we are praising because He is the only one that is worthy of our praise. So therefore, we praise God and He is the only subject that we have. We shouldn't be praising anybody else because that is not the one that's worthy to praise. But then what is our sound? The sound of our praise is also this, simply that it is from our mouth. We ought to praise God. Psalm chapter number 145 all the way to Psalm chapter number 150. It starts with praise ye the Lord and the chapter ends with praise ye the Lord. And then 146, praise ye the Lord. At the end of chapter number 146, praise ye the Lord. 147, 148, 149, and 150. All of them begin that way. Praise ye the Lord. Now I hear, I remember somebody preaching a sermon about hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. What a blessing that we have, that our praises are sound from our lips, that we might be able to audibly say, praise God. Audibly be able to say, God, I thank you for what you've done, and I want to praise you for who you are and what you've done for each and every one of us. But then also, I want you to look at the persuasion that our praise would even have. Look at the end of verse number three, and we'll be done. Look at this. Many shall see it, and fear, and trust in the Lord. The persuasion is simply this that we ought to witness. We ought to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. Our praise should be so evident that when people see us praising God, they say, I wanna I wanna know who he's talking about. I want to know who they're talking about. They are so in love with this person called Jesus, this I want to know who he is. If, if they can make them praise him the way that they are praising him, I want to know 
and I, I have a fear and I, and I shall trust in the Lord because of the praise of the people. You begin to look at that, that possession, that new song, that new melody that you have, the praise that we have. And then that persuasion is, I want to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell somebody that God has saved my soul. Tonight, that is what we ought to do. We ought to go forth and say, praise ye the Lord. And then as we go out saying, praise ye the Lord, that we can go and tell somebody, whether we get to the gas station or grocery store or Taco Bell, praise God. Go tell somebody, hey man, I got an amen out of Taco Bell, hallelujah. Go to Taco Bell and say, praise ye the Lord. I want to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior that I have. Boy, what a blessing that we could possibly have. And then what we get, if we really realize that we were in the peril that we were in, it'll take us to a place of praise. If we realize just how, just how sorry we were, how sank down in sin that we were, but Jesus Christ brought us up out of that place and gave us a new song. Boy, then we'll just begin to just praise God. Praise His holy name. Tonight, I want you to do that. Just praise Him. Remember, realize what He has done for you. And when you realize what He has done for you, you won't help but be able to praise. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you.